Hi, my name is Chris Candy, and this is the Never Not Run podcast. Or no. <laughs> or do the NNR for This is the Never Not Run podcast. I'm your host, Chris Candy. And I'm Mark Nieto. All right. All right. Whenever you're ready. Oh, I was born ready, Mark. Oh, feels good to be back. We're back. This is the uh, uh, episode. Here we go. Let's dive into this. Episode 24 of the Never Not Run Pod. I'm your host, Chris Candy. And I'm Mark Nieto. What's up, everybody? We are back. Um, We have so much to catch up on. I think Rudy was the last episode. Yeah. And was that February or January? When was that? I know, man. I feel bad. Um, Obviously, we do this as a labor of love, but a lot has happened. Uh, You know, sometimes you just got to get out there and run as opposed to pot about it, you know? (laughs) Right. Got to collect material. Plus, we, yeah, we've been really busy with other stuff. Um, Yeah. Is there anything you want to go over? What were you doing in that time? Um, I moved. Ryan and I got a new uh, place out in Studio City. So I'm, I'm out in the valley now doing runs out here. Um, I trying to think what else, um, work slowed down with the writer strike going on. So I've been spending more time over at the skate shop, finishing up projects, you know, it's been enough to keep my plate full and also kind of, you know, scramble to get some new, uh, job stuff cooking. So yeah, it's definitely been, you know, a wild time, but it's also the perfect time to go running in the midst of all of it too. Um, I've been jumping rope a lot. I've been really into jumping rope. I got a RX jump rope. I've got this weighted jump rope and it's called the Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, I've been doing that quite a bit actually. And I really like that, that workout. It feels really good. Shout out to Bill Maeda who was I talking know, about Bill. the jump rope. I actually went and bought a jump rope immediately after that episode and it's still in the package. I haven't used the jump rope once, but I have this, uh, I do have like a, fantasy that i will be like become a master jump roper dude bill Maeda is going sugar free right now did you see that news <laughs> yeah actually it's funny you mention that because tamara and i just watched a documentary called fed up uh not long before he made that post and it's all about basically the the fda the food industry and how they pump sugar into all of our foods in the u.s kind of as a flavor substitute because there was such sure. a anti-fat low-fat movement um and and maybe it was well-intentioned i think a lot of people thought fat was very very bad for you and so in order to when you remove fat from food you basically get rid of all the flavor so to compensate they just added corn syrup and sugar and all that stuff so it's uh it's it's a really interesting documentary it's uh it's also crazy because they mentioned that this is the first time in human history that more people have died from overeating than from uh, like malnutrition. <laughs> uh, so it's it's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, I've been feeling weird about it too, just because when I was training so much, I was eating so much sugar, you know, so much of the gels and stuff, all of that sure. is just, is uh, yeah, it's just basically sugar. And I felt like, my body was was adapting to like run off of sugar and then when i when i stopped training or when i at least like lowered the training down i was still having those sugar cravings so it's i know addictive. it's crazy yeah i uh i have two locations in my life right now where sugar is kind of a part of the equation one is going into rip city the skate shop i work at um like there's always like hershey's kisses or like <laughs> m&ms like there these days and then uh, when I go to KXLU to do um, my show, they just have like a jar full of like Twizzlers and, and Skittles. And I'm just like fully, my mind is like adapting to going to those areas. And I start getting this sense of, oh, there's going to be sugar here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a full on drug addict. Well, it's um, like that episode of Seinfeld when Elaine gets hooked on the, the sugar rush for all the birthdays at the office. Oh yeah, she and then she goes and gets the cake at the end of the episode or in yeah. the middle of it. Yeah, that's a it's it's so true. You just get this essence of sugar. Man, you you really like I just had like a vivid flashback to being at KXLU also and just that same feeling of walking in and seeing that jar of candy and when it was chocolates you were like, 
it felt like it was a, a special day. Like <laughs> you had kind of gotten hit the lottery. Well, now that the pandemic kind of, it's definitely not over, right? But like a, a lot of, um, I, there's definitely a lot of things that have adjusted as, and and then KXLU and my radio show is like the last thing that came back online. So I just went back there like two months ago to do my radio show. Um, to the listeners, Mark had a radio show there um, for years. We both went to college at LMU. But they're a lot nicer now, so there's always sugar there. Like it was before, like you were saying, like you'd show up and there'd be like a half-eaten bag of tortilla chips and like <laughs> yeah, some and Jolly old, Ranchers, maybe if you're lucky. Yeah, and 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 you'd find yourself just eating this like weird snack. Um, but now it's actually pretty good because they're like taking care of us up there <laughs> with with the sugar. Um, but anywho, Bill Maeda is sugar free. I am not sugar free, but. Um, we are back. So much has happened, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just I say that because we're back in a big way. You and I have both, uh, both gotten a lot of miles in, um, a lot of challenges. I kind of wanted to touch on everything in this episode because to the listeners, we're going to get back into some really cool interviews. I've got some ideas for some guests in the summer. And um, I just kind of wanted to celebrate kind of what we got through. Um, and... I know that we had some group runs for uh, NNR and Joggy and Windpipe. We did an Earth Day 5K. That was super fun. Um, and then I had the LA Marathon. You had a marathon and then you had your Ultra uh, that you went for. And, you know, a lot of running, a lot of training. And I kind of wanted to just back it all up and kind of go in order with it all and, and then go from there. So basically to set it up, Mark and I were both training for perspective races. I was going back for LA marathon and Mark, you were going for what race was it called again? The canyons 100 K. Okay. So two different distances for sure. Um, but I think since we took our break, we were both kind of in deep training. So Mark, why don't you explain kind of your training program leading up to it? And then I'll go into mine. Yeah, it, well, it depends how far you want to go back, but basically, I, um, I'd gotten COVID at the beginning of the year, uh, or I'm sorry, at the end of the year, at, around at the end of 2022, um, and so really started training seriously, really on the first of January. I mean, that was kind of I had signed up for canyons back in the fall, and and so yeah, just began my training and. I actually started working with a coach for the first time um, and it was it was a really good experience because they basically helped me come up with a plan with a framework to help prepare me for going that far because I had a vague I mean I had obviously kind of done a lot of research and had a vague understanding of what it would take to to get that far but um, but yeah I was really I had like some worries about like getting injured and and I just wanted to make sure that I was like doing the right things in terms of nutrition and 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 taking care of my body and so yeah they they helped me uh come up with like a really solid plan um shout out to Ron Hammett that was uh the guy I worked with and and yeah it was really it ramped up pretty quickly um I was I was like pretty I thought I was maybe in better shape than I actually was, <laughs> but the, but we had kind of, uh, set up a kind of a test race, uh, in the beginning of April to test my fitness and to try out some of the gear and make sure the nutrition was on point and stuff. And so that was, that's the marathon that Chris was referring to. And right. that was actually just in, in our backyard up here in the Oakland area. And that was cool. That was a really fun, small race. It was like the, basically the trails that I train on every day. So it was, it was fun to like be in a kind of race environment. And it was also because it's kind of like a city park. I mean, think of like Griffith park or something. There was still a lot of people just out and about on their Saturday weekend walks with their dogs and stuff. And so you'd be you know, running past groups of, you'd be running past families and you had a bib pin, pinned to your chest. <laughs> it just, you just felt like a psycho. Um, sure. But, but yeah, very different from any other race I've done. Like, you know, probably the opposite of 
your experience at the LA marathon. Right. But, um, rewarding nonetheless. And I, I, you know, I made a post about it because I think it's like a very cool thing to like seek out some of those smaller races in your area because it's just got a totally different vibe from, you know, from the bigger, bigger races, especially the bigger road marathons. I mean, there was 25 people in my race. So wow. it just, it just felt cool. Like you get to the end, there's a barbecue, one dude manning a barbecue with like a cooler ice cooler full of like beers and, and sodas and stuff. And, um, and it just felt like basically everybody got a medal, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. cause there was, there just was like that so few people that it was, it was really easy to place, but, but still, yeah, I just really, I know that LA has some, uh, races like that, especially like unsanctioned and people like that, that are putting on some more low key runs and take the bridge, like the, the one you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a really cool glimpse into like a different community and, um, yeah, I don't know if I should, you want me to keep going into the canyons or should, do we want to talk about the LA one first? Yeah, let's toggle back into LA because I think they're around the same time. And um, I I think I told everybody in the pod, I did an ultra low mileage training program um, because I'm still in this place where I'm continuing to lose weight. And I definitely could tell when I run um, that my body is capable to do it but it doesn't like to go after its reserves when it runs. Like I, I just kind of go into this like hold state. So that's why I'm jumping rope right now. And, and I just, you know, for the listeners too, I've, I've run since I was in college, you know, I've run for a long time and I just think my body's super used to it. And I still love it. Like kind of came to this conclusion that like running is not for my fitness anymore, but it's really for my like mental health. And it's for real, like, uh, stress management. I just, I feel like it just does so well for my mind and my body. I, I love how it feels, but, um, I wanted to go in and try and do like a low mileage training plan where I didn't wreck my body to get to the marathon. And I was terrified, you know, because yeah, I think leading up to the marathon, I, my long run was 18 miles. I think that was like the longest I'd gone. Um, and I'd only done it once. I had missed a week. I had, I had like poorly planned the training. It was just kind of like the polar opposite, I think, of a well-planned out training plan. So normally you would do what, like a 22 or 20 before? You get up to, yeah, you get to a 20. Um, and this time I didn't. I got to 18 and I think I got to 18.6. I think that that's what I finished at. And, um, you know, these runs too, I noticed like I didn't have the best nutrition plan. Like it wasn't malnutrition, but it just wasn't properly fueled. I think like the first time I went to buy gels or like proper fuel for this and map it out was like the week of the marathon. And then from like a life perspective, like we were moving. Um, we had to move in with my mom for a couple of weeks. Like we just had like a bunch of like life stuff happen. So LA Marathon was actually kind of at the bottom of my list of things to get done that week. And I'd never had that happen in my life where like such a big monumentous race was like really like the last thing on my list. And so I bought a pair of ultra uh, Olympias, Via Olympias. I ran the 18 in those. They're okay. I don't love them. I don't hate them. They're like an ultra max shoe, kind of a zero drop flat. I like the width and the toe box. That's the best part about it. And then I went to the marathon and I had a blast. It was a great day. It was super cool. It was honestly like energetically, everything was on my side that day. Cool out, a little bit of a drizzle. wasn't hot. It was a perfect day for someone who maybe was undertrained. Um, and the only thing that happened was like, I have to really figure out the digestion thing. Cause like I never have, but tried to go to the bathroom before I went kind of did then at mile seven i was like very spacey like i felt like i was really i was almost felt like i was delusional or was going to pass out and i panicked at mile seven and i remember i saw howie from silver lake track club and he gave me a shout out and it was after that i'm like i don't think i'm gonna finish i really don't think i'm gonna finish this race and uh i kind of had like a mini like pain cave meltdown and i said all right like take a knee one step at a time here went to the bathroom and i came out and i said all right if i could do this next mile let's just go mile by mile and see what happens and then before i knew it i was 
like 22 miles into my race. And it was the most familiar, awesome LA marathon I'd ever run. I still ran it at the exact same time I've run the last three years, which is so slow, guys. I'm a really, really like I'm a good paced runner for 13 miles and I just get slower afterwards. So I ran it in six hours, and 10 minutes, but it didn't matter to me the time because I got the most out of this race this year because I could do it. And I didn't feel at the end of LA marathon, um, beat up or, um, like fatigued or like wrecked. I was ready to keep going. So in a way it just felt really, uh, um, satisfying. I just had a great time. And, um, yeah, just shout out to everyone who uh, helped me along the way. And it, it was super fun to do. So I had a great time. So, and that was kind of my last major race. Uh, and it probably will be, I, I, I really, what I want to do, I'm not as interested interest like uh, right at the moment about doing any more organized races, like maybe some half marathons, but kind of more interested in just doing weird long runs on my own or, or with friends like in LA. Like I want to like run from my house in studio city to like the beach, you know, mm -hmm. but like, but go up like Mulholland drive and do like mm -hmm. a crazy hill climb. Like I want to do like weird journeys. Like that's kind of what I think the summer is going to look like for me. So I finish LA marathon and then you go into your marathon and then why don't you catch us up then to, um, your 100 K not long after the race in Oakland, I started to feel a tinge in my ankle, a little kind of basically a little pain. I don't know if it came from like an ankle roll. I've never really had issues with my ankles before, but, um, yeah, it was like, I just started getting this feeling like kind of like, you know, when you have to pop your joint or something, like you feel like your joints kind of stuck yeah. in a position. Sure. I, I felt that. And, and so I kept running on it. I was still doing the training. And then one day it just really lit up and started flaring up with pain. And I was like, Oh no. And this was maybe three weeks or so out from a hundred K. And, and so I just started trying to diagnose what was wrong. I couldn't quite figure out exactly what was wrong, but I was trying to do different kinds of PT and, and strengthen it and, and also just give it time to rest. So I was doing a lot of like Peloton, like indoor biking and uh, stuff like that to just anything that would kind of take pressure off of that joint. And, and it just wasn't really going away. Like it was, it, it had subsided a lot, but it was still there. And mm -hmm. I was getting really nervous that I thought like, oh, I, I'm not gonna be able to do this race. And I'd even looked into seeing if I could get it refunded or or maybe push back to next year but it was too late for all that um and so you know i talked it over with a few people and decided that i wanted to try it um because it didn't really i mean this sounds insane but it just it didn't really hurt if i walked it was more of like a running action and sure. so the analogy i was thinking about was you know it's like a you have a bucket and you know you're constantly putting small pebbles in it and maybe if i run on it that would be a bigger rock and so it's all about trying to avoid the bucket from spilling over so i was basically trying to hold back that was my plan at least was to hold back as much as i could and i was doing i started doing like power hikes <laughs> like kind of just seeing how fast i could walk and sure. I, was, I was able to cover I was doing like 14 minute miles on the really? flat, just like power walking. Uh, and so I thought, okay, like if I can do that for 60 miles, then I'll finish, you know? And cause it, the cutoff was like 20 hours. You just had to cover the distance in 20 hours. And I thought, oh, I could totally do that walking. Yeah. You know, that should be no problem. Um, <clears throat> so then, yeah, I just decided, okay, that that's going to be the plan if I, just stay on top of my nutrition and hydration and just kind of make sure to push myself, stay on top of my pace, keep an eye on my pace, like not spend too much time in the aid stations. I think that I can, I can do this. And it kind of goes back to the, what we were talking about with Rudy 
too on the last episode about how much of these longer races are about planning and and yeah. coordinating and like at like thankfully tomorrow was on board with with helping me out with this race and so you know we had to coordinate when she was going to meet up with me and and bring me like to refill my nutrition and stuff like that wow so we had to do all kinds of like i had to you know map out the course with her and um you know there's spotty cell reception so it it was just a lot it took a lot of planning and a lot of work and so the race the day came and uh, what's also kind of interesting about this too is that i like tomorrow for my birthday got me a pair of nordas so <laughs> i had a pair of new shoes and i did one test run in them or like test kind of hike and they worked out really well and i i like made this last minute decision to wear those shoes which normally like everybody would tell yeah. you like you do not want to try out new gear on a race day but um but yeah i had some backup shoes just in case like i had tomorrow kind of i kept some backup shoes in the car so if like it started going south i could swap them out but um but yeah i ended up doing like wearing new shoes for the race and i and so the race starts at five in the morning it was an amazing setup it was in the middle of downtown auburn which is like an hour east of sacramento it's a really really famous kind of endurance town uh it's known for being the finish to the western states 100 race uh which was like the first 100 mile wow. foot race so there's like a lot of history there um and like you just walk around the downtown and there's like signs about it being the endurance capital and signs about the history of western states and all this stuff so it was cool just to visit the town it's got this kind of gold rush downtown area too where it feels like a you're walking through tombstone or something like that <laughs> i was gonna say yeah <laughs> um so we get so yeah so it's the day of the race we start making our way and it was just it was a really cool experience because it was put on by utmb utmb has been it got they got bought by iron man so they're really going hard in the trail running world they're buying up all of these trail races and they're all kind of being feeders <clears throat> into the utmb circuit that's in europe so so yeah so this was like pretty posh in comparison to the other trail races we've done and especially the one i was doing in oakland it's very different from like the death valley trail marathon like <laughs> um and but it was really nice really organized so the race starts and the one of the things i was most nervous about was the pressure i was going to feel to run at the beginning because the last thing i wanted to do was like run off the starting line and then immediately blow out my ankle and right, then just right. have to quit so i just told myself like just walk whatever you do like don't let the adrenaline get the best of you just stick to your plan and so i started you know i basically let everybody pass me and it's a long way out of town it's like a mile you run through the streets before you get to the trailhead so it's a mile on the street and so i'm just walking people are passing me and passing me and passing me and it's still dark out too and so i don't even have my headlamp on at this point and we finally get to the beginning of the trail and these two runners come up next to me and they have their headlamps on and they're like how you doing buddy and i'm like oh i'm good just like taking it easy on the pavement just walking it out and they're like okay well we're the sweepers so you might want to like get a move on <laughs> like they're basically the ones that are like making sure that nobody gets left behind and like right right if you're right. not staying on target then they are you know they're gonna kick you off the course and so it's a little bit of foreshadowing but but yeah i so i just kind of laughed it off and literally at that point i was the last person like in the race you know and that was a weird feeling too to be like yeah i'm like in the absolute back but uh but the cool thing about this race is that there was a lot of hills, a lot of climbing. And mm -hmm. so that's where I really felt like I was well prepared for the race. Cause on the climbs, I had all of this 
stored up energy basically and was able to really let loose so like every time i got to a climb i felt like i was just passing people passing people passing people and really moving up in the field even though i was still very much in the back but you know i was like slowly making my way up and i was actually feeling like i wanted there to be more hills because that's where i was really like it didn't bother me it didn't bother my ankle or whatever and that's where i was really like making up time making up ground and yeah, I just kept an eye on my pace and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna finish. Like my plan was to finish around 16, 17 hours. And so to, I mean, I can get into a lot of detail about the race, but I'll just say that we, once we got past like mile 30, that was when I was like, okay, this is, I've never run anything farther than this or even just move not even run but just i've never gone i've never covered a distance like this it also ended up being a really really hot weekend it was like a there was a crazy right. heat wave so it ended up being in the 90s and there were certain sections that were just on paved highway and the aid station volunteers were like welcome to badwater canyons and it really felt like it just was the closest i've ever felt to being in a badwater type race where you're, sure. you're just like you feel the heat coming off of this the highway and there's no there wasn't like cones or anything in fact i actually saw there was one woman in front of me who was in really bad shape and she almost missed the turn off to go down to oh. one of the aid stations and i was yelling at her like you you missed it you got come back it's down here and it had balloons and like uh flags and everything and she just blew right past it because she was so dehydrated and so out of it and it was terrifying to think what would have happened if if i wasn't there if somebody hadn't caught up to her and and told her to turn so it was pretty extreme um to make yeah to, to make the long story short i ended up it, i of all the planning that went into this and everything i'd overlooked that there was a cutoff for one of the aid stations. It was the third to last aid station. And this right. was at about mile 42 or 43. And you had to hit the cutoff by 5 p.m. So 12 mm -hmm. hours. And so I ended up getting there at 5.08 p.m. I missed the cutoff by eight minutes. Oh, God. And <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was so, it was such a letdown because I had gone so far. And by the time I realized that there was a cutoff it was too late like i started because most people don't probably don't plan on negative splitting a marathon uh, ultra marathon like that like my plan was to like okay once i get to mile 50 and there's 10 miles or so left my ankle will have held up i'll feel stronger mm -hmm. like that's when i was going to really kind of push it yeah most people i'm sure kind of push it in the beginning and then fade up later on but i just felt like i it was a it was a really yeah unsatisfying experience to have to get pulled from the course and feel like you still have gas left in your tank you know a lot of the people right. that i was around that were also dropping were yeah were people that had had were not handling the heat well or you know had some other kind of injury and it was just a lot of people in bad shape so it, it felt like yeah it was a big kind of disappointment to be to have them take my bib when, when I still felt like I could, I was like ready to do another 20 miles. And, um, you know, and I, I understand too, it's like, they all, they're all volunteers. Everybody needs to go home at some point. They can't stay on the course forever, but yeah, it was so, it just felt like it was so close. Um, and, and yeah, and then I ended up having to get a ride back to, to Auburn to the finish line. So, two questions um you, what's that feeling like you know because you just you have so much left in the tank um it, it must be rough but then you know you're a pretty balanced guy like you understand like you could have done it but are you anticipating running again do you want to try something like this again what do you think oh yeah for sure i think it's um i mean that was just one of the things i had to keep in mind and what tamara kept reminding me about is that it's 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 for us, I think it's a longer game. I think that's what inspires us is being able to do this as we get older. And so 
I was just really grateful. I mean, there was two takeaways for me. It was like, one, I was just grateful that I didn't injure myself further. That Mm -hmm. like, even though my ankle was kind of holding me back from running, I didn't end up like injuring it more. Um, That's good. And it's at this point, it's like, it feels like it's fully recovered. So, and then the other thing is like, it's still the most I've ever covered like the most ground i've ever done yeah period in a day so and i think it was something like 42 miles a little bit over that so to to hit that distance to feel good doing it and to know that i could go have gone farther like that felt like a lot of the training had paid off it just i wasn't you know i mean it was this this hiccup of this like ankle overuse injury thing that that really held me back. But, you know, like, like I was said in the beginning, as long as, as long as I didn't injure myself further, I didn't push myself over the edge. Uh, like I want to be able to do this more and like do this for a long time. And, and so it was a lot of it was, maybe it was a good thing that I didn't mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. who knows what happened in the the last 20 miles. Like that's right. a long, still a long time. And, um, yeah, I guess I was just kind of grateful to get off the course unscathed and to have had that experience because when when I decided to do it, that the number one priority was to not injure myself further. You sure, know? sure. And then like so I I was prepared to drop at any point if I felt my injury flare up again, I was like, I'm I'm not gonna risk it. Like I'm just gonna I'm like right, the next right. aid station I'm, I'm dropping out. So I went into it with that kind of mindset, which, you know, isn't very Goggins of me. Like maybe he would have just like wrapped a bunch of duct tape around his ankle, but, <laughs> but like, you know, I just, I don't, for me, it's, I still have, want to have a life, you know, on top of this. And I just don't, uh, it's not worth like endangering myself over something like this. Yeah, I think that's totally smart. <laughs> I think that's, like that's a very balanced approach to it. Like, I, I even think if you were to talk to someone, like, well, you know what I'm gonna say is, there is this. I think since running's gotten so popular, um, it's definitely in a boom. I think there's this like feeling, and I definitely had it after I read some of the books and listened to some of the books, and you know, got more into the community is like you think you're capable of all these things and you keep hearing like you're capable of more than you know, you know, you've got that extra 40% in the tank or you're not using your full capacity. And then there's this fine line between people who um, are capable of doing a lot and you can do a lot. And then there's a whole other category of people who can do even more and everyone has their limitations. Uh, Everyone has their, um, their, their kind of, uh, max capacity and that's okay. It's not a bad thing. It's just what you are and you are the only one who knows how far you could push it and what you can do. And so because of that, not everybody's David Goggins, not everyone's Scott Jurek, not everybody is, is able to do these things. But I think when you begin, you think you can do a lot of these things and most of the time you can, but then there's other times where it's like, Oh, it didn't work out that way. Or not every time is going to be a, uh, bad water you know they 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 do in these books and goggins definitely talks a lot about the times he doesn't make it through things but you know if you stick to this thing long enough it does seem to be the thing where it's like oh man like it isn't monumentous every time and there are lows and there are moments where you don't finish or there are times where you think you're gonna fall off and and that's just i think part of the uh, longevity of it like you you were talking about tomorrow you know yeah i think that Whenever I talk to people about running and specifically people that aren't really runners, uh, it's a lot of them hear about the races we do and to them, it sounds insane, right? It's, it's right. a ridiculous endeavor to like try to cover that amount of distance in a day. And the thing that really inspires me is the training aspect, which right. I feel like a lot of people I don't really talk about as much but like i genuinely enjoy yeah the daily runs or like getting out in the morning like those solitary moments and kind of like what you 
brought up earlier about being using running as a tool to kind of it's like a framework really to to kind of structure your life and so that was the hardest part i think was with or at least dealing with the injury it was almost like the race was secondary like i think the number the, the number one thing that was kind of a lit down was just not being able to do the training runs and the disruption it caused to my yeah my my like daily psyche in a weird way and so i think that's ultimately the takeaway from this for me too is like trying to stay healthy so that i can run as much as i want to yeah and and because i probably could have run on i probably could have like pushed myself in the race and then like blown up and like damaged my knee <laughs> or not my knee i'm sorry but my ankle like i probably could have like pushed myself and just kind of redlined it and saw and just mm -hmm. kind of tried to see what would happen but i knew that i didn't want to i didn't want to screw up my chances of having like kind of an like getting back to health right i didn't want to put prolong that that uh recovery period so that's the thing that's like really been like that i've had the time to reflect on since the race is like i just yeah i want to make this a part of my or not i want to i mean it has been it's like totally become a part of my life for the last couple of years so trying to push myself into these races it's something i have to be kind of like conscious of like to not uh like we're not going to be winning them <laughs> you know it's not like we yeah. have we have careers riding on our performance it's like i just want to be able to like get out in nature yeah. and like spend the day out there and like enjoy it ultimately well mark congratulations on that i, I still think <laughs> it's amazing that you 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 ran that far and it's just worth saying on the pod because you know you ran 42 miles that's that's more than <laughs> a lot of people you definitely did an ultra uh, it was just your own ultra yeah i mean i'm still eyeing one or two other races um oh the addiction is just so strong <laughs> yeah i mean i'm there's another one in the fall in october which uh which i think i could maybe kind of carry over some fitness from this training block could carry over um but yeah, I'm hesitant. I'm definitely, definitely hesitant. I'm all the listeners, tell the listeners, Mark <laughs> is looking up the race, uh, <laughs> sign up sheet right now on his computer. Well, there's, um, I'm technically signed up for, uh, I'm technically signed up for two races already. One of them is like a half in, in next month. It's like in the Lake Tahoe area. And then I actually actually like won an entry into this race in Montana called Run the Rut, which um, I applied to it. It was basically a there's an organization called Inclusive Outdoors, and they partnered up with North Face, and they're trying to diversify uh, their trail running scene in Montana. And so they held, uh, yeah, they held basically entry spots for people that basically like people of color and people from like uh different backgrounds to who may not like normally have access to a race like that because the rut is like a pretty famous race and it's like really difficult to get into it's like a true mountain race where you're like climbing up mountains and stuff and so I applied to that and and got entry into it and so that's in september and I, i'm still trying to decide it, how to get there <laughs> like if i can <laughs> if i can pull it off not only just through like being physically able to do it and fit but just yeah the kind of financial cost of traveling to like a remote part of montana so yeah i'm like contemplating a few different um I guess schemes to, to maybe like raise potentially raise some money to help me get out there, but we'll see. Well, I have to bring up um, um, our uh, joggy windpipe five uh, k yes. the Earth Day five k. 
um that happened too um i think about three weeks ago maybe three four weeks ago was earth day uh teamed up uh with those guys raised some money for friends of the la river i haven't made that donation yet but i'm about to we made about like 300 bucks for them which was super cool nice um and i got to meet actually one of the ladies who works for friends of the la river they were doing a cleanup that day um and uh, it was funny race there's a funny story behind it and here it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you teed it up so, yourself, Chris. <laughs> so we went into this like whole process of designing this hat for the race. And we still have the hat. It's for sale. Proceeds will go to uh, Friends of the LA River. It's on the web shop. Um, and so Ryan and I just moved into this new neighborhood. And uh, it was the night before the race. And it was early, right? It was like, I don't know, five o'clock, six o'clock. And our neighbor, uh, is this uh, Armenian man and he loves to barbecue. He's always barbecuing. So he invited Ryan and I over last minute to just come over and have a drink. And I was like, all right, fine. And so <laughs> I go over there and he totally like, he's the sweetest guy, but I totally cower to everything he offers me. Next thing he knows, he's giving me shots of Johnny Walker. I don't drink whiskey just for the le- the listener. I ended up getting pretty toasted, right? And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to bed pretty early here. Uh, I'll wake up. I'll be fine. I was not that fine then. <laughs> so I like muscle through to get the race done. And on top of it, it's like the hottest day in LA to date since all of the drought. So it was the first hot run I'd ever gone on either also. So I'm basically nursing this like whiskey hangover, which so I feel miserable. And then it's like the hottest day ever. And that unto itself was harder for me than the entire fucking LA marathon. (laughs) Like, go, like it just goes to show obviously how you have to take care of your fucking body, um, which I normally do these days. Um, It also just showed how I cowered under pressure so fast. how weak i can be and how i love pleasing people it's really dangerous i just like want to make people feel good mm-hmm. and i just i totally don't advocate for myself when i do that um especially with alcohol i feel oh. like alcohol and food are those things where i don't know if especially in certain cultures too where it's like you do not you cannot like turn down somebody's generosity you know it's yeah. like very like some people take great offense to that. And so I can understand why if you, especially if it's a neighbor and it's like, you want to have a good rapport with them. Yeah. I could understand why you would feel, yeah. A lot of pressure to like, just be like, uh, yeah, like I'll, I'll take a drink with you. I mean, it's. Especially something I don't normally drink. It's just, it, oh, it, um, I, that's only, this only happened to me twice in my, career as a runner and twice in my career as drinking alcohol (laughs) but um i normally never let them get in the way but damn when they do they do not mix they do not mix at all i've been hitting a lot of uh athletic brew co these days i'll tell you that much (laughs) (laughs) i've been on a pretty fun and we need to get a sponsorship from athletic brew co because oh dude you know i had another one actually there's there's um a company called better days they're pretty good too there's the any beer game is off the charts these days. Um, my, yeah, my favorite one is still, the, I think it's Erdinger or Edinger, Edinger. Mm. It's like a German, I think German beer uh, mm-hmm. brewery. That's, I mean, they've been around for a while, but yeah, I got hooked on those in the UK and, and it's, they're a little bit harder to find here, but those have like a really good taste to them. Yeah, it, it's, it's neat. Um, I, I bet that there's a non-alcoholic liquor store actually near me. They sell like NA wine and all that stuff. I mean, I still have a drink every once in a while, but wait, they um, just wait, wait, back up. It's a place that just sells non-alcoholic liquor oh. and beer and wine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's only in studio city, baby. <laughs> That's the, it's like, do they even sell like juice or soda? Like, do they have other stuff or <laughs> no, just, just NA, NA, uh, Pinot Noir. That sounds uh, like, that sounds like such a Seinfeld, uh, like curb your enthusiasm type. I'm not gonna lie; it's not. It's, it's closed <laughs> often. I don't see a lot of people in there ever. <laughs> um, but I did want to say thanks to everyone who did come out to that because we did have we had a small turnout. There was like 
seven or eight of us, but the ones who did show up, they're they're always uh rad and and um have the hat left and it's really great. And tonight, I mean this pod is gonna air later, but we're we're gonna continue our our joggy races uh at June Shine. So at least you have the drink after you go on your run so you can get through the mm-hmm. run. Um but that'll be at June Shine in Santa Monica. And we're gonna be doing that I think every other month um throughout the summer. So um I uh I'm excited about all that. It's cool. I, I like how they're kind of partnering up with us. It, it was funny because it's like I led one race and then like they did another joggy race in like Texas and it was like an Olympic marathon run. <laughs> <laughs> I feel in good company. Um, but yeah, shout out to them. I really appreciate them uh, supporting the pod and, and the whole scene. Yeah, and I hope if anything that encourages people to get out and and meet up with you. It's not like, you know, it's not like you're going out there making people do like uh do speed work you know it's just like it's a casual meet up with some like-minded people yeah definitely you meet some fun people and and um you know for us we're always trying to raise some money for someone and and um you know i i think again too what i love about running and what i took away from la marathon and what you think we're talking about is is with your races was the community that's involved because that's always what just like re-inspires me is, is when I get out there and I, I see all the different types of people running around and, and um, how we're all kind of like bonded by this thing. And, you know, it just, it's so cool. And, and yeah, I just, I really appreciated it. Um, I, yeah, I'm just, it's just, I, I can't tell right now with LA if it's going to be like a cold summer or a hot summer. Cause it's like, it's kind of been in the middle recently and, um, when I had that hot running day, uh, over at the LA river, it was pretty brutal. I was like, Oh man, how did you handle the heat on your, your ultra? I mean, I think I just tend to do better in heat, honestly. Like I, I'm a wimp when it comes to cold, like I can't, mm. uh, I think that's just from growing up in LA in long beach. Like I just, I wouldn't say I perform better, but I just, I know that I can handle heat a little Mm, bit better mm -hmm. especially dry heat like i just um like i couldn't even really tell you what it's like running in humidity i don't think i've ever done it but um chafing yeah (laughs) but i just honestly the only thing that i really did differently was i brought an extra bladder so i had it was a and that was another kind of weird quirk to the whole thing is like i hadn't done any training runs with a back backpack bladder like I just had the two flasks in front and was pretty good about kind of staying on top of my hydration like that but then I realized like if it's in the 80s and 90s like I'm going to be sweating way more I'm going to need like a ton of water so so that kind of that was like an interesting thing to another oh, yeah. another reason why I was like I just need to take it easy take it slow because I was carrying all this extra weight it was kind of funny too because at one point there was a section of the course that's like a big lollipop where you you run out, do a loop, and then run back on the same track. And when I was starting that lollipop, the kind of the front of the race, the elite pack was like coming back on the same trail. So I crossed with them and it was amazing to see like some of these people with like literally nothing like like they just had maybe one flask or like a gel right and they're right. like some of them like had their like shirt off too so they're just like you know it's just like seeing a dude in like a pair of shorts like and you're just like man how are you managing this like heat and staying on top of your i mean they must just be so kind of operating right on the edge of like i know exactly how much water i need how many calories but like meanwhile i'm wearing like a Solomon vest with like two flasks, a bladder, like 2000 <laughs> calories of worth of gels and like cookies. Like, <laughs> like I just look like I kept imagining that I was just like one of those guys at a baseball stadium that's selling like peanuts and snacks and stuff like chips, nuts, stuff like that. And like, <laughs> just like ready to throw it into the audience. Like, Hey, you guys need anything? Like, can I help you? Like, <laughs> like it was, it was pretty wild. So, uh, but that was a cool part to see like, and, and that's another thing too, that I like about doing these types of races, like trail races, especially is like, it's one of the only sports I know of where you are literally 
on the same track with like the pros and and obviously you're not I'm not competing with them. I'm not at their level, but like, you know, it's it's like getting to drive your Toyota Prius on like a F1 circuit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, like the, the test, the, the 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 game is still the same. Everyone's playing the same video. Yeah, game. like you're on you're getting lapped, you're on the same track, but like it's still kind of cool to be on the track with them, like getting yeah. getting they're speeding past you. So so that was a little that was a cool moment, but but yeah, it was like, I was, I just was like weighed down with all this stuff. And, and because I was moving slower too, I just had to like bring extra calories, extra water, all that stuff. And, and, and it was a public, it's just, you know, it's, it's public land or whatever. So people were hiking. And then at one point too, I remember I passed this dude hiking and like I said, I was going out and like all, a lot of the runners were starting to come back and passing me and going the opposite mm. way. And, and this, this, asshole <laughs> he goes hey buddy i think you're going the wrong way like everybody's going the other way <laughs> i was yeah, like thanks a lot jerk yeah i was like no nah, i know i just want to spend more time out in this hot sun you know just really trying to get get a Fucker. nice tan going i mean i think he meant it in in good fun and i had to laugh about it but yeah it was you're ready to kill him yeah, <laughs> yeah i was ready to shove my my pole through his neck <laughs> Oh God. Well, I think, um, at that, I mean, this is a perfect place to end. I think this one, um, is there anything else you wanted to cover? No, I mean, I think we've, we've caught everybody up for the last few months. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more updates too, but, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just happy to like share my story and I don't know. I think one of the, the nice things about doing this pod is that we get enough people listening that I think it, you know, maybe it'll inspire somebody to try to up there. I mean, I, I should, I hesitate saying that Cause like, I don't think anybody should, they sh nobody should feel any obligation to like judge their performance by like races or anything like that. But I think for me, it was a fun challenge and, and yeah. And it's like you said, it, there is a cool community around it and I am, interested in doing more so yeah if if people out there are interested you know hit us up we can always i'm always down to like share more details and and uh kind of talk through some stuff with people if they have questions we're always down to talk we love talking about running but um mark this was great man thanks for uh thanks for talking to me today oh thank running. you yeah of course and uh Let's have an NA beer and a regular beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say no more, but let's keep this going. Just like the training, we got to stay on top of our potting. Expect some guests very, very shortly and through the end of the year. This was episode 24 of the Never Not Run Pod. I'm your host, Chris Candy. And I'm Mark Nieto. Woo!